0: like sands through the hourglass these are the gay days of our lives i want to introduce ourselves we failed to do that last time although maybe no one heard last time it's the first time that has yet to see the light of day but eventually it might like the original star trek pilot that's but another story Daniel, introduce yourself.
1: Hi, my name is Daniel. I was born and raised here in Tucson. I'm twenty, or excuse what? me, <laughs> I'm, I'm thirty-one, going to be thirty-two here within the next month or so. Oh. And is there more? No, there's no. A more. I, I, there, there's a lot more That's to this book. There's
2: always more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Carl, introduce my yourself. My name is Carl. I'm seventy-one. I've lived in Tucson for oh, seventeen years. I've been in Arizona most of the past 35 years.
0: Okay. And I'm Tom. I'm 68, and I was born in Indiana, and I ended up in Arizona as a kid. And here we are, three gay guys wondering what the hell life is about. Now, I've listened to some podcasts, and they start off rather silly with people cracking jokes and talking about how hungover they are. And I don't want to do that. I just want to jump right in to the serious part. Okay. All right? All right. Num, num, num. In the old days when you were in high school, were you in speech and debate?
1: No, I was not. Did
0: you know people that were?
1: No. Um, I went to a high school that was quite different. Um, it was um, it was a high school, low-income a minority high school here in Tucson okay so there there wasn't a big emphasis on speech and debate hmm
0: my mother wanted me to be in speech and debate in the worst way because I think she thought I'd become a lawyer if I was in speech and debate but I, I wasn't and I didn't so it's too late now I object what's that? I object you object
2: to <laughs> <laughs> so object. many things <laughs> you watch Perry
0: Mason? I do not oh do you know what Perry Mason is? I, I do not. We're going to get oh, a, pair, we're to get a the Perry, Perry Mason, Club. We gonna, Okay. we're going to yes. watch a Perry Mason together. It was about a television up. show Okay. with Raymond Burr and uh, Paul Drake and all those guys. Anyway, there was always a dramatic courtroom scene, always, and Hamilton would stand up and say, I object Counsel's being irrelevant, immaterial, and incompetent, <laughs> in that order. I, anyway i got
1: to be able to rattle that
0: off now yeah, from now He on. was pretty good. Hamilton was really good. So <clears throat> on the previous one, we kind of goofed around for 45 minutes, and I, there was maybe 10 minutes of interesting parts. This one I want to be a little bit more serious. In speech and debate, the moderator would put a resolved resolution on the table and then two sides would argue affirmative and rebuttal and they go back and forth for a timed period and then at the end everybody get points for whether you won or lost so because uh, we may have somebody else joining us later um, this was the topic I was going to bring up and we may revisit it but my point was protest movements in the in history have actually delayed progress. That is my assertion. So you look at women's suffrage, you look at abortion, women's rights, all that. You look at gay rights, you look at gay marriage, you look at Black Lives Matter, Jim Crow, all of this. The question is, what do these have in common? I say, if you get in people's faces with protesting and demands, it actually causes a backlash and it slows down progress that's my resolution. Okay. What do you think about that? I disagree actually. Okay.
1: Um, my opinion here is by protesting being active especially in today's day and age where technology is so much more readily accessible to the common folk. Um, I think protest, that's the way you get a message across. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with the you know damaging of private property and things of that nature, but I do think peaceful protest is a way to get a point across
0: okay what do you think
2: well I've got a couple of views on that uh, I've been involved in the whole border wall peaceful protest movement for you know, years uh, out to Oregon Pipe down to the San Pedro a thousand people at a crack, very peaceful, kind of party-like. and The problem I've come up with with peaceful protest is that you're pushovers. Peaceful protest has bodies out there, yes, so you have some idea. But the question, in my mind, is from the other side, what are you going to do, do about this?
0: The other day, or the other evening, on the radio, the woman hosting this show, this is on uh, The Drive, KDRI, she's playing records and playing music. She says, oh, by the way, there's a Black Lives Matter protest going on right now. And she said it just like that, with this inflection in her voice. So you may want to avoid the area, because it's quite congested down here. And then she played a song, and I thought, well, what kind of a statement is that do you do you think it's a bad idea that there's people protesting because it disrupts traffic is that up to you to make that decision and it just i had this big reaction to it and i thought well what do people think of this if the average white person in tucson hears this on the radio and thinks yeah black lives matter that's a bad thing after hearing that well i don't want to go downtown because i don't want to get mixed up in that i don't want anything to do with it I just may vote for Donald Trump as a result, is what I'm saying.
2: No, I, is I, it
0: going to make people? Is it going to force people into the other camp that you don't want them in? I, I agree.
1: I understand what you're saying. When people say there's a protest, people automatically assume that it's a non peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. They're problematic people. Yes, and yeah. that you know, if you're driving in the area, your car's windows are going to get smashed in, etc. When that may not necessarily be the case. And I think by putting um, a spin on uh, that, like you can say the same thing four different ways. For example, you can say uh, there is a protest downtown or there's a protest downtown or – There's a protest downtown. Yeah, there's a protest. You know, there. You know, just the way um, something is delivered can change the perception of the activity.
0: It put. I absolutely felt it was a negative connotation. And whether she intended to do that, I don't know. But it sure came across that way. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, who is she talking to? She's talking. She's warning people off. And it's true that that protests as a whole. Uh, peaceful ones are more jolly, so you know cartoon characters on boards and what have you, funny hats and all this, which is what I find offensive about that whole idea. It's not fun. It can't, shouldn't even co- come across as fun. And yet it does. People are dressed up like jaguars and
0: birds oh, and all
2: oh, kinds. Oh, of the border. You're talking about yeah. the border. Yeah, yeah. I well, lost you there. in general. Okay. Now. Uh, So BLM is something that we haven't really witnessed in mass since the Vietnam era, where large numbers of people from coast to coast are protesting in ways that other people think is really not the way to go. It puts people off. But it's not supposed to make friends. No. That's the whole idea. When did the Vietnam protests really start?
0: 1968, Democratic Convention.
2: Right was was Which the, the biggest one. Right. The whole when did the war was
0: actually end? Nineteen seventy four. Nixon. Four. Nineteen seventy four. Oh. Well, it was, it was the year Nixon resigned in seventy four, and it was that earlier that year was the fall of mm-hmm. Saigon. Mm-hmm. So, you had at least five years. Of, when is this going to be over? When is the action going to be taken? So that was actually rather compressed, I mm-hmm. think. I'm going to stop right here. Um, and we're going to pick this up after our other guest arrives. So there'll be a musical bridge, and we'll be right back. You want to say bada bing? Is that what you wanted to do? I was going to say
1: bada bing. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, baby.
0: We're back from our little break, and we're going change, to change gears, change pace here. And we had made a list of questions, and uh, we actually started discussing it before we went on the air here, and I said, oh, Daniel save that. <laughs> the question was, what do you like most about gay men, and then what do you dislike the most about gay men? So, Daniel, you had a horror story. <laughs> yeah, I had a. Do horror. you want to tell the horror story, or would you rather would you rather retell the horror story, or do you want to tell us a happier story with a happier ending? It's entirely up to you.
1: Well, I I guess uh, the happy part would be about my my current partner, um, and it's it's not a happy ending because it hasn't ended. It, we're, we're still on the honeymoon. Things are going great. I love him.
0: This is after how long?
1: After a wonderful six years. Wow. So uh, that's um, six years in gay relationship is like six lifetimes, I believe, right? It's like dog years. (laughs) something like that.
0: 42, it's 42.
1: And so um, I did have a relationship that was pretty toxic in my earlier years where I was still kind of coming out, figuring out who I was, et cetera. Um, And this, this, you know, kind of memory is also making me think about my first relationship, gay relationship, um... Which was which was really great. It um, at the time, you know, thinking back, it was really um, the guy. The guy's name was Hunter pseudonym, um, but it was a really great relationship up until a point, and then you know I was still kind of discovering myself, et cetera. Broke up with him and then got into another relationship with this other gentleman who shall remain nameless. So that that really he was crazy. Okay. So the, fi- the final night, the struggle. You were
0: how old when this I, was happening?
1: I, I think I just turned 21. Just turned I, ju- 21. I just turned 21, and I know that it was just when I turned 21 because the day that I turned 21 was the day that I met him, actually, because I was out at a bar Sure,
0: I, for, the for the
1: first time with friends. And growing up in a Hispanic household, I, I'm like, hey, I'm 21. I can go out and have a drink now during the day. And my grandmother was calling. My mother was calling me like, you can't drink and drive. You can't. Do do this you you know and I'm like gosh you know it was was crazy and then um so proceeded to have a drink met up with this gentleman who was friends with the group that I was with at the time and we got to know each other and then I kind of got um seduced I guess you know was enthralled by this gentleman and then um one thing led to another he broke up with his partner I kind of took that place fairly fast. And then I would say about somewhere between six to nine months of kind of, uh, of my life, I, um, dated this gentleman. Um, it wasn't all bad, but there were really bad parts. I mean, the bad, definitely outweighs the good. The bad outweighed the good. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And the, the last night that we finally broke up um, I think I had been trying to break up or finding the right reason to break up or finding the right time to break up was probably, probably the month before, you okay. know, it was like, all right, cool. Got to just rip the bandaid off. And yeah. he never let me break up with him. So the final night I was like, Hey, you know, we need to talk. This is, I'm, I'm a communicator in a relationship. I think, you know, professional, um, personal, whatever type of relationship communication is the way to go can solve a lot of the world's problems, I believe. True. And so I said, hey, we need to talk. I'm going to end this. We, you know, end it. But I still wanted to be civil about it. I didn't want to say, fuck you. and never want to talk to you again. Although that's what I did say. Uh, <laughs> I, I just said, um, I said, hey, this is not working out. And then one thing led to another. I, he gets up out of his chair, kind of goes into the back room where the safe is. And in the safe, there are all these guns. And this was crazy shit, let me tell you. So he comes out with a shotgun and he like cocks it back um, after he had already been in this drunken rage of throwing his dad's ashes, his dad's ashes all over the kitchen floor and backyard, and cocks the gun, saying, "If you leave, you know what's going to happen." He obviously wasn't aiming the gun towards me at the time, but he was, was suggesting that he was going to off himself. And I told him I said, you know, I can't take responsibility for that. That's on you. I'm seeing you later. You're fucking crazy. Don't ever call me again. And then I left out the front door, he went out the back door, and you hear all these gunshots just start going off. Yes, this really happened.
0: Yeah.
1: And I just I you know, I wanted nothing to I wanted no part of that. Got in my car, drove away. And then the next day, obviously he calling me, texting me, being very dramatic, saying how he had the SWAT team over and you know, he was out shooting his guns and da 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 da. Later I find out, you know, he was I I mean at the time I, I just thought he liked to drink, but then it kinda of came out in hindsight, you know, looking at all this behavior, he was a raging alcoholic and probably um, you know, addicted to some type of substance
0: <laughs> other
2: than alcohol, you know, besides alcohol.
0: Have you ever had an experience like that, Carl?
2: Well, uh, I want to say something generally about th- that first. Um, I think that gay relationships, partly because of our lifestyle choices, and that we sexual that the sexual activities should be ever increasingly explosive. Yes. And the more things that you can take that make it go that way, that push you toward the outer envelope. Uh, the better it's going to be for you. Mm -hmm. people around you suffer, especially if if there's drugs and alcohol involved. Um, And look at how our social fabric is. Where do you go to meet other people like you? At a bar. bar. So um, alcoholism has been very, very high in uh, gay relations and in gays, period. This brings up the word of the day, which
0: is... Remind us what the word of the day is?
1: Epistemology.
0: Epistemology. The nature of knowledge. How do we know what we know? So, the, if you say, if we believe or we expect or we have read somewhere, alcoholism is more prevalent among gay people. Is that a thing that we absolutely
2: know for sure? Or is that just common sense or is it, what is it? Um, I think that was old wisdom. Mm hmm. No. Yeah. There was be- it was all. Uh, uh, pre-internet, pre-web. Exactly, it was is when people actually went to a place to meet other people in person, sure, and sure, interact in person. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now you don't need to go to a bar. You can fire up your phone and that's it. They what do they call uh, grinders? Also known as uh, the. The um, the Dick Door Dash where you can order you know, <laughs> order the your the Dick
0: Door Dash. You know,
1: you 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 okay. pretty much order what you want and yeah. you get it delivered. Okay, or you go and pick it up. Depends.
0: So once you and Peter got together, did you turn off your grinder and your scruff accounts? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Was that a discussion? I shouldn't say good. It's not. A, I mean, I don't mean to make a value judgment, but because there's probably guys who are married. Really married, or partially married, or figuratively married, and they still have scrub and grinder. No, I can No, I
1: I did that more for myself. Yeah, um, I, it was never a discussion topic or anything like that. Okay. Um, Peter and I, pseudonym again, is. It, like the relationship just grew organically and it really never led to me wanting to you know if I wanted to talk to somebody I'd talk to him if I wanted to have sex with somebody I'd have sex with him and and that's kind of the way okay. that worked alright
0: let's uh, take another musical bridge break and we'll be right back with another topic we're back and Daniel has a statement or a
1: question? More of a statement to okay. the group here. I'd be interested. Uh, um, times have changed, obviously. I'm the group and the, the young one, and my sexual experiences and wisdom is, um, it pales in comparison to yours.
0: Oh, you
2: so think so? I
1: think. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> well, making. Well,
2: more recent. Yeah,
1: I'm just interested um, into understanding the the gay fabric from back in the day to what you've seen currently with the. I guess with with technology, taking the place of the bars.
0: Should we take a commercial break? Let's we can take another. We can take another mm-hmm. break. Yes. We're back from our break and we are now joined by a fourth person, a third guest, we're not counting me. Bobby, would you introduce yourself, please?
3: Good afternoon or morning. Depending on when you're hearing this, this is
0: Bobby. Have a wonderful day. Tell us a little about yourself.
3: Well, let's see. Uh, in a nutshell, a youthful, nearly half century. My body tells me different things on different days. Have a great passion for cooking. Going to a flea uh, flea market for finding great finds, as well as farmers market with a twenty dollar bill and seeing what I can create.
0: Okay. In a nutshell. Well, that's good. Now, the other day, we performed our pilot podcast, which has yet to see the light of day. And Bobby, you listened to it, correct? Here at my house, and you had some. Reaction to it, some opinions about it, some constructive criticism. So I would wanted to revisit some of that okay. today with you. Mm-hmm. One of the th- points that you brought up was when we were discussing LGBTQA plus the acronym, the Correct. body of acronyms, the body of letters, and we were treating it. I felt like we were treating it rather light heartedly and. Would you just react to that? Would you just tell me, um, revisit some of what you said? I do
3: understand that it was a pilot, yet putting myself in the stance of listening to it, that depending on a community you may identify with or be strongly connected to, the red flags would have gone up in terms of the stigma which is in the LGBT, same-gender-loving community, issues of uh, perception. Case in point, um, I, I love the robust conversations beginning, you know, of bringing uh, the lesbian voices to the table, the trans voices to the table. Then there was a comment, well, do you know any trans? No, but can go on the, on Grinder, And that automatically sent a flag up from prior work I've done in social services with the trans community. That basically, there was no follow-up to that comment that quantified or gave the context of that yet it gave a perception that the trans folks are only on sex sites, that's it, and have no value in life other than a receptor or a giver of activities of, a, of an intimate nature, number one. Number two, that, um, that, 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 that just reinforced the issues that are within, number one, the gay community where there are strong issues uh, of discrimination and stigma from gay men towards those who are trans. Then the issues of uh, melanin or non-melanin, issues of um, classism that just kept ringing through the head. That that was very important. Now part my context is that grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and worked in both Northern California, Sacramento, LA, New York, and a couple other areas that are urban and suburban areas where the, the participants in the programs came from all over and they dealt with those issues not only internally yet their families and then when trying to access services or just be in community and be looked at differently and so the statement just and there was no follow up with it that, that just had the flag of saying okay if, if the push of the podcast is to begin those conversations that may be rough and raw and to do unification that alone split, a- alone, number one. Um, then there was, the com- th- there was some comments on perception and perceived perception of what one does or what one does not do. No one knows what another person does in his or her own household in order to maintain his or her household, be it four walls, be it a tent, be it under a road, whatever it is, that's, that's person's space. I did not get, on, on one hand, I got the oomph of what the drive wants to be of the podcast thing. But the other piece was, I'm going to just put it as nice as I know how, <laughs> a whole lot of misinformation and misconceptions, basically. Mm. That, that's one. Uh, the other one was, uh, hold on a minute. I'm a little, a little These are bit.
0: the notes. You were, um, You took this very seriously, and I appreciate that. While you were listening, you were making notes the other day. And,
3: that, that, that is, and part of that is that to get to the age of 49 of the all of who I am, there was learned knowledge from the educational system, learned knowledge from the Catholic Church, missionary institutional Baptist, and Church of God in Christ. That's my foundation.
0: The word of the day, Do you, you missed the word of the day. We discussed it earlier. The word of the day is epistemology. I beg your pardon? Epistemology. Uh-huh. That refers to the study of knowledge itself. How do we know what we believe we know? Correct. What are we basing our right. so-called knowledge on? It's, it underlies everything. Correct. And so, so
3: that's my foundation. Okay. The Catholic Elementary School, yeah. Missionary Institutional, Missionary yeah. Institutional Baptist, okay. Church of God in Christ, and my family, which is from relocated from the south, to Northern California. Oh, However,
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: that's part of my upbringing. The other part is when I left home to go to college and took it upon myself to learn stuff that I was told mm-hmm. was not correct directly from the source, meaning okay. that uh, in my home church was told certain things were just not right or not correct and based on the good old Baptist covenant on the wall. and. Then in conversation with, let's say, a person who um, had a spiritual outlook on life and then got to understand the person and his beliefs and whatnot, and then actually took the next step of experiencing one of those spiritual moments. So then was able to go back and say, this is the context I can go from here. So it, it's a continual thing of learning and pushing past the comfort zone okay, and asking those tough, raw questions.
0: Got it. Now... Before we sign off for the day, and we are going to have to sign off here fairly soon, Mm -hmm. but I did want to throw out a resolution, which I put on the table at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And you can rebut this or affirm this as you wish. My speculated resolution was this, that protest movements, and we're in the middle of one right now, Black Lives Matter is the biggest protest movement going on right now pretty much every city has something going on mm-hmm. at some point or another do you think it's possible or do you think that the more visible the more the bigger these things become there's a backlash that it it triggers a backlash which could end up putting the current president right back in the white house from the backlash and i'm looking at previous movements the women's suffrage movement the gay rights movement um, and Black Lives Matter. Do do white people or the people in power feel so threatened by this that they regroup and they become more powerful and more entrenched and it slows down the progress?
3: My off-the-cuff answer is yes
0: and no. Mm -hmm.
3: Because it's not just those who are registered to vote who will and or won't vote. It's also the systems that are being affected. Yes, there's been conversation in all media channels of challenges with the United States Postal Service. Yeah, That's not by happenstance. No. That there are issues of, with uh, return to work and different things. The systems that can get the people to make their own vote are being hampered. Regardless of whichever party. I'm not saying that it's a Republican base or Democratic base or whatever. That's not the issue. What the issue is, is that yes, with everything going on currently, that's the surface right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when our current president took office, he allowed, basically during his entire running for that office for those voices that had concerns or did not like certain things to say it's okay for me to do x y and z right, because right. he he models the the behavior he feels appropriate case in point during uh the primaries and whatnot he made a there was a person with a uh, physical disability oh. and yeah. made rhetoric of that person. Yeah. So that uh, right there said to those who believe the same way as our current president, that's okay. Right,
0: right. Then,
3: when you look at how he speaks of women, regardless of color, mm-hmm. and, and gestures, and then statements as the as the supposed to be combined voice for the United States of America, and makes comments of elected officials, because he personally may not agree with they whatever that's the challenge the real challenge is that those how do I phrase those who believe or feel that all of the stuff he's saying and doing is correct and right and the way quote unquote America should be should be those are the folks i believe will make some sort of effort to make sure they get their vote but at the same time Communities that have traditionally been underrepresented and pushed down in the voting process, nor had a voice at the table, will make a way to make sure their voice is heard. At the same time, those who have traditionally supported the current president are now making both verbal and written comments as to why they are not voting for him. So your question is not a two-second Answer. No, no, i, and, I, I and, and the Black Lives Matter is not the whole issue that's really going on. There, there's, there's more than just that. Yes, Black Lives Matter is at the forefront because folks are saying, okay, yes, yeah, so somebody got killed, but y'all tearing up towns. But hold on, brother man, when your little hockey team won something, it was okay for you to burn up a car. Mm-hmm. But you find that okay. Right. S- similar to when the same elected official, when there are folks of non melanin on this capital level with guns, they're good folks. But when the black and browns go with the same equipment, then they're thugs. See, this, this is more of a, okay.
0: We have, yeah, we'll fit, yeah. We need, yeah. I want to save this for another one. <laughs> this is good. Mm-hmm. We'll do another half hour on this. <laughs> In the closing minutes, we're shifting gears totally. What is the best thing about being a gay man? Well, I have a problem with that statement because I'm not a gay man. First
3: of You're all, there, there's many parts. I don't identify just oh, okay. of who I sleep with. Okay. 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 First of all, all right. I'm a son of my mama and my daddy and my stepfather and all my right. grandparents. Right. I carry that heritage, number one. Okay. Number two, I'm an ordained deacon. Number three, I'm a daddy. And number four, I'm an uncle and all other kind of yeah. stuff. Just because I have a physical and mental attraction to men, in relationship and everything, that just that the gay does not quantify the all of me. Mm. So that question, the way you phrased it, the best thing of being a gay man. That the the way I would to phrased it, what is the best thing of being a man? Same way when the folks mm. talk about, the, they say that's a trans man or trans woman. No, baby, mm. that's a man. That's a woman. Uplift the person as the person. Why do we have to put quantifiers on it? That's what our challenges are right now. All right. Instead of just saying, okay, my friend Jim. Oh, my Asian friend Jim. Or the, no, that's your friend. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I, had to, I had to preach this morning.
2: Ooh, yeah. so. <laughs> Carl, it's No, that was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> uh. There is little more to say, so take care of what is
0: your favorite thing about being
1: a <laughs> i I'll, I'll echo you know the words of Mr. Bobby here he is uh, very intelligent and bright and I'm, I welcome him to to this
0: group all right Tom will remove his foot from his mouth and <laughs> thank you all for listening
2: <laughs> of course
0: to our second podcast good night good morning good